Thank you for listening to the Firelife Church Podcast. For more information on Firelife Church in Irving, Texas, please visit wearefirelife.org. We pray the Lord blesses you greatly through this message. Well, good morning, everyone. Oh, what a cool, what an awesome testimony. Look at the Lord. How many, okay, who needs a financial breakthrough right now in your, in your personal finances? Just lift your hand. Why don't you stand? Actually, want you stand. You need breakthrough. Come on. This is a season of miracles. This is a season of breakthrough. So just stretch your hand towards these standing. Father, we thank you because you are a good provider. You know what we need before we even ask, Father. And you are in our future directing us step by step by your word into our future. So, Father, I ask that you bless these right now with financial breakthrough. Whatever it is, if it's seed for a future business, if it's to get debt free, whatever their need is, God, you are Jehovah Jireh. Come on. We thank you for it. We expect to hear testimonies and miracles. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, the Lord is good. There's some good stuff happening around here. Amen. I hope that your family is, ex- is experiencing prosperity and favor. And prosperity is not just money. Man, we sure have limited the gospel when we make it about financial prosperity. It's spirit, soul, body, every bit of it, our whole being. Jesus didn't just die on the cross so that you could pay your bills. <laughs> I mean... Like, man, what a sacrifice for such a little reward. How many are sick? You have a sickness right now. Raise your hand. Why don't you stand? You're not well. Stand. Jesus is going to heal you right now. Come on. Anyone else? Anyone at home, if you're sick, be well in Jesus' name. Would you stretch your hands towards these? Father, you're not only Jehovah Jireh, you're Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord who heals us. You said you sent your word and healed us. Jesus, everywhere you went, you healed everyone who was sick. (laughs) Come on. So we release healing over them in Jesus' name. We plead the blood of Jesus over them right now. Be well in Jesus' name. Come on. Mm, Amen. Amen. He wants our souls to prosper. You know what your soul is? It's like a it's like a dragnet. It's like a it's like a Venus flytrap. And a, as you go through life, everything you go through, it sticks to your soul. Someone needs their soul healed today. He wants to heal your soul. You're, you're carrying stuff. You're you 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 know how I many go get your oil changed and they always bring you your filter because they want to sell you stuff and they probably throw some leaves in there on the way to bring it to you. But they're like, hey, you need to change your, your cabin air filter. It looks really bad. Look at this. I found leaves. Like, I don't even have trees in my house. How'd they get? Anyway, that's, that's like your soul. Like, he wants to empty. He wants to give you a new filter today. How many, how many would receive that? Just lift your hand right where you are. Father, I ask that you, he, why don't you stand too? Come on, we're just doing this. We got a pattern going. Let's stick with it. Father, we ask that you heal our soul wounds. Oh, Jesus. You are a new creation in your soul as well. Jesus is in your past, your present, and your future. He's able to recycle what you've gone through and convert it through his goodness. 
Come on, receive a healing in your soul right now. What it's going to feel like is you're going to feel like a burden is lifted. And you're going to feel like the yoke that was heavy is now easy and light because it's Jesus's yoke that he puts on you. Come on. We receive that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Whew. All right. You see the picture? How many have ever had that posture with God before? I want to take just a moment, and uh, this is probably not like a proper sermon. Like if I was in Bible school, um, uh, Dr. Bartell would look at me probably be like, uh, yeah, you need to put a little more work into that one. This is not, this is not all outlined and stuff. This is, I just have a word, okay? Um, and so if you want to open, we'll be in those scripture verses here in a moment. Hebrews 11, Psalm 78, Matthew 13. Um, and I just want to release the word because the Lord's taking the house in a very specific direction. Have you felt a shift? Like in your own personal life, have you felt a shift? Like something's shifted. How many have felt it in the church too? Like I, I was talking with someone the other day and they're like, how's the church going? I'm like, to be honest with you, I feel like I'm at a completely different church than I was just a few months ago. It doesn't even feel like the same place. Like the weightiness, the, the stuff in the filter of our soul as a church that we'd carried for years. I felt like, oh my goodness, it's gone. And it feels like we're new. We're a whole new creation. How many feel that? If you don't, it's here. Grab hold of it with your faith. Come on. Like this is a new season. And I think it was August 13th. Um, I don't remember the title of the message, but I spoke from Joshua chapter five. And I said that maybe this is the day that we crossed the Jordan. And the moment you cross the Jordan, now the, the manna stopped. And now you're eating from produce from your own land. And that was a, a big shift. We felt that. As a matter of fact, if you can turn around and with me and look back there at my handsome son. No, I'm just kidding. There's a red sign on the door back there, uh, on the wall. There's no door. On the wall. And I, I, I looked up and, and I'm saying, maybe today's we cross the Jordan. And I see Kyle, like, real, like, he's into it. Like, man, he's like, he's writing on the piece of paper. And he turns around and he sticks that thing on the wall. And, and that's, what does this say exactly, Matthias, on that? The day we cross the Jordan. I was like, yes. He grabbed a hold of it. And I really feel like something's shifting. And amen. <laughs> and I want to say we're moving forward. We're moving forward. Everyone say forward. forward. We're forgetting what is behind us. We're pressing on towards the high calling. Come on. We're pressing on. All right, you ready? In Joshua chapter one, this was not on here. I'm just throwing this in there just to start us off somewhere. Joshua one verses 10 and 11. God's telling Joshua what to do. He's like, Moses is dead. I'm handing you the baton. I'm going to be with you the way I was with Moses and all these things that we talked about a few weeks ago. And so Joshua goes to the command, commanded uh, the officers of the people saying, you go through the camp and you tell all the people, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days, we will cross this Jordan. Everyone say, we will cross. 
So basically what is happening is God is giving Joshua marching orders and now Joshua is releasing those marching orders he received from God directly to the people that are leading, helping him lead the people of Israel. And their instructions are, hey, gather your stuff. Anything that you think is valuable, anything that you think is provision for you, you get it together because within three days, we're leaving this place with or without you. Are y'all okay? We're going somewhere, so you better be ready when we go, or you can stay here. And I feel that, like the Lord saying, hey, we're moving. Grab your stuff, and, and let's go. And, and I remember in the, in the New Testament, Jesus called some people to follow him, and they, hey, wait a second, Jesus. Let us, let us go back and first get our affairs in order. How many remember that? The, yeah. Jesus is telling this. And like, hey, wait until we bury the dead of our family. In other words, what they were saying is, we're broke, wait till our parents die and give us our inheritance. Then we'll follow you. And Jesus goes, let, let the dead bury the dead. And then he makes a statement. He goes, anyone who puts their hand to the plow of the kingdom and turns back, wasn't fit for it. He's like, we're going forward. It's time to move on. Hey, guys, I'm saying this to the church. We're moving forward. It's time to go. Jesus is on his way. He's marching. He's given us our orders. They're, they're cloudy. We just know he said, go this direction. We said, yes. As we step, he fills the picture in a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. But we're moving and we're going. And, I, and, and so as a church, we're going. But I also feel a personal call from the Lord. Like, Jared, I'm going with or without you. Get your stuff together. Grab what you need. Let's go. And I feel the Lord saying that to us. And we're not going to be walking. We're going to be running. Anyway. Hebrews 11.6. Let's tie this all up and make it make sense. Without faith. Everyone say without faith. Without faith. It is impossible to please God. How many really, like, you ever say this prayer, or you say this to God, like, God, I really want to live to please you. Like, how many pray that? Raise your hand. Like, I want, how many feel that way? I want to please the Lord. Like this week, Mandy asked me, she's like, well, what are you going to do about this specific thing? I'm like, I'm going to do the right thing. She's like, don't just do the right thing. Do it because you want to please the Lord. I'm like, that's yeah, the same thing, right? I do it because I want to please the Lord. How many feel like, really, you feel that? I want to please the Lord. I don't want to, I don't want to dishonor him, right? Well, the only way to please him is to exercise my faith. I'm going to say that one again because it just kind of fell. If we really want to please the Lord, the only way to please God is through faith. Take so many rabbit trails. Um, what of my life right now is requiring faith? Am I on autopilot? Like everything's just, okay, we've got things set. We've got our budget set. We've got where we're going in our future. I know how I'm, I'm climbing the corporate ladder. I've got the direction. I'm on cruise control, baby. It's easy. This doesn't take a lot of faith. We can handle this. Some people are shaking their heads like, no, it's not like that for me. You know why? Because you took a risk recently. Some, those of you are shaking your head, it's because you took a risk recently. You stepped out in faith and you're doing something different. 
And so, yeah, you're like, man, I don't know the next step. It's only with the Lord's grace that I know the next step, right? I hope that's most of us, but there are some of us that's like, no, nothing I'm doing right now really requires God to show up. Like, I haven't done anything. I have not taken a risk, a faith risk in my life that really requires the Lord to show up. I haven't gone to the the person that I see that clearly needs a healing from the Lord. And I haven't gone to them in a public place and laid my hands on them and prayed for them. Nothing's, Nothing's going to happen unless God shows up. So I wanna ask you, are you putting yourself in places? This isn't taking foolish risk. This isn't me thinking, oh, I'm just gonna test God because that's a foolish thing to do. I'm saying, when you feel the Lord stir faith inside of you, are you going after that thing in risk and in faith to see him show up? Because it's time for us to increase the opportunity for failure. Ooh, I hate that. All the perfectionists in the room, raise your hands. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I don't like the thought of failure. But if I'm not putting myself out there in my faith where I could fail, well, man, this could go horribly wrong, Lord. I know you said yes. I know you said to do this. I know you said go in this direction. But man, I could, this could really blow up in my face. That's a great place to be. Psalm 78, verse 40 through 42 says, how often they provoked God in the wilderness and they grieved him in the desert. They provoked him and grieved him. How? Again and again, they tempted God. And they, lim- do you see that? They limited the Holy One of Israel. How can you limit God? The answer is in the very next line. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from their enemy. All right, so let's get a picture here. I really wanna please the Lord. The only way I can please God is by faith. Faith requires God to show up or I fail. What stirs up my faith? The testimony. I remember what he did before. And when I remember what he has done, even if it's for someone else, I'm like, hey, Lord, I remember when you did that for a friend over there. I remember you. I remember your power in that situation. It is impossible for that attitude and that posture of humility before God to not stir up our faith. Y'all ready? We're going to keep going, all right? Matthew 13. Verse 53, it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed from there. And when he came to his own country, where did he go? His own, everyone say his own country. Everyone say out loud what your own country is, Texas. (laughs) I gotcha. See, we are our own country. He went back to his hometown, the place where he grew up. And he began to teach them in the synagogue there. And they were all astonished at his words and the things that he said. One other place says that they were astonished because he taught, not like the other teachers, but he taught with authority. Woo. 
And then they look to each other. They're listening to his words and their faith is being stirred. Like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And then they remembered, this is Jesus. We know this kid. He and my kid broke my window playing ball one day. This is Jesus. No way he's doing this to my heart. And they start looking to each other. Where did he get this wisdom? How is he doing these mighty works? We know him. He's the carpenter's son. Isn't his mother Mary? And then they're probably like, yeah, well, that's what they say, you know, the rumors. And they start to remember all this stuff. And they're like, oh, and his brothers, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, they, didn't they grow up with us and go to school with our kids? Ooh, where then did this man get all of these things? He didn't get it from the school our kids went to. How is he doing this? They're so upset with him. Five minutes before, their heart is burning. Whoa, they were astonished. No one's taught like this. He has authority. This is different. Oh, man. And then they're offended. It says it, verse 57. They were offended at him. And Jesus knew it. He discerned it. And he makes the statement. A prophet is not without honor, except for in his own country and in his own house. And then look at verse 58. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. It doesn't say he didn't do any. It says he did not do many mighty works because of their unbelief. The word unbelief there, it comes, so I wanna break this down. So when they were offended, it's the word scandalizo, scandal. Their heart created a scandalous feeling toward Jesus as he taught. How many of you read the tabloids? That's scandal. That's, that's stirring offense. The word actually means to put a stumbling block in, some, in, in someone's way to cause them to trip and fall. It's to entice people to sin. The word offended means it's the removable stick or trigger on a, tra a trap or a snare. How many of you have ever watched any wildlife shows that are trappers and they, they build this little, little net or box and they have a little trip uh, a stick that once the animal hits it, the trap falls on them. That's what a fence is. A fence is the little piece of, of, of wood, the stick, that once it's triggered, it causes a trap to fall on the prey. And this is what they were feeling in their heart. They were triggered. That's funny. Isn't that funny we use that word today? Trigger warning, you know, be careful, you're gonna be offended. It's the same atmospheric thing going on in our world today. We are so offended and triggered. And what it does is it causes a person to begin to distrust or des desert one in whom they should trust in. So they're feeling these scandalous triggers and it causes them to not trust the person whom they should trust more than anyone else. And then it says, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So 
We can do it like this. Unbelief is a lack of faith. It's weak faith. It's small faith. It's no longer believing in something we previously believed. So what gave birth to their unbelief? Offense. Thank you. Everyone say offense. So how, how are we limiting God? We're offended, which is leading to unbelief, which is removing our access to, which is removing our engagement in faith, which makes it where we cannot please God. No, <laughs> just please. That's a joke. This is Nicole. This is my, one of my. This is like a daughter I never had, right? Um, I don't even remember how I said it. But I probably said it horribly. But basically, we're allowing offense to rise up. That's leading us to unbelief. That's causing us not to activate our faith, which then is causing us to displease God instead of please God. And in that state, we're limiting God. So what happened in this scenario here is that Jesus did some miracles for people that did access their faith, but he wasn't able to do many mighty works that he normally would do. Because everywhere, we we even said, I prayed it just a second ago, everywhere Jesus went, he would do miracles and he would heal everyone they brought to him. All of them. And it would say, and all of them were healed that were brought to him. I, I would bet that not everyone that came to him had, had, had this some great faith. But I know what happened was when they came to him and one person got healed, then it triggered faith in people instead of offense in people. And the faith in the corporate atmosphere allowed Jesus, come on, to do things on a mightier scale than it would have been just single one, one, one. Are you, follow me here, okay? So what I mean by that is, I feel like, and this came from a, a prayer session this week, so I'll get to it. Hopefully it'll make sense. I feel like the Lord wants to do mighty works in fire life and in your family. I really do. I feel like he wants to do things that are astonishing. A few weeks ago, we had a guest here. They had a prophetic word for us. And they said that very soon there's going to be services where people are healed and that this place will be filled with people that are coming to be healed and the word's gonna spread up for healings and miracles. Like people aren't gonna come here for any other reason other than Jesus showed up and healed them. They're not gonna come because we worship well, we preach well, we have a pretty building or we're very friendly. They're going to be hungry because Jesus is here. And we're hidden in Christ. So when they walk in the room, these miracles are going to happen and faith is going to stir up in the house. But if we're offended, it, it reduces the corporate breakthrough. Let me say it like this. We're one body, many parts. So we are connected as the body of Christ. What I do does affect you. We, we do affect one another. We, ha- we can affect one another. And in a corporate setting, if I'm sitting there offended or with unbelief in my heart. My neighbor may get their miracle or may get what they're asking Jesus for, but I may not. And it may decrease the activity of faith in the room because I'm a wet blanket. 
You're like, well, that, that doesn't make any sense. We just read it right here. It happened literally right here. Jesus could only do a few miracles. He didn't do many miracles because some people, not all the people, but some people that were there were offended with him and it shifted the atmosphere over the region. I believe that atmospheres matter. I believe that you and I should ask the Lord for an open heaven over this house, that you and I should ask for an open heaven over our personal life, that my faith, that my faith will trump someone's unbelief and offense. So where did this, this came, come from? So I was talking with, uh, I was praying this week and then I, I got the thought, I wrote it in my phone and then we we're sitting in the conference room and I, I just looked over at Hank and I, I just said this to Hank. I'm just gonna say exactly what I wrote. Hank, I don't know what we were talking about, something completely different and I just felt like I'm supposed to share this. I was like, I feel really strong in my faith right now. I feel very strong faith. Like this was Monday or Tuesday earlier in the week. And, and the follow, it had to be, um, yeah, what was the, had to be Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. And I, this is my statement. I feel strong faith right now. And I think it's connected to me guarding my heart from offense. This is what the Lord said to me in prayer. Like, Jared, you feel your faith right now? I'm like, yes. He's like, it's because you guarded your heart and you didn't get offended when you should have or could have. And I made the connection. I was like, okay. So if I can guard my heart from being offended, my faith will increase and I will please you. (laughs) I'm putting a, um, I'm just gonna say it like this. We all will face opportunities to be rightly offended. Someone's going to do something really dumb to you and you're gonna be completely right. I know there's all those, those 50-50 ones like, well, some of my fault, some of their fault. There's gonna be some guys where it's 100% their fault and you are right. And you're like, I have a right to be offended and upset and angry and build a case against this person. I'm on the right side of this thing. And guess what? If I choose to have my posture, I want to be on the right side of vengeance. I want to be on the right side of justice. I may feel better for a little bit, but I'm killing my faith. Because what I have done is I have taken that person out of God's hands and put them in my hands. And I have said, God, I will deal with them better than you will deal with them. And I will deal with them more justly than you will deal with them. And so I'm going to build a case and hold this offense toward them. And the Lord says, that is so displeasing to me. And I'm not standing up here talking about something that's really easy. And I'm not blowing my own horn because, man, I get offended easily, like, Honestly, I shouldn't. That, we think that makes us spiritual, but it just, what is Danny? So it makes us actually, it shows that we're actually immature, not spiritual, if we're offended easily. But I started thinking about this this week, more and more as the week went on. 
And I was like, Lord, I don't want, um, I don't want to limit you. And I don't want to give the devil a foothold. Even if I think I'm just. And I feel like I could be completely just, I could just be feeling my own stuff, my own issues. But I feel like there's some unresolved relational issues that need to be settled in the house. I just do. I'm not dumb. Some of them, I, I specifically know there are things, there are opportunities for growth. I know that. But I, I'm feeling there's more than just that. And Josh was like, hey guys, in three days we're moving on with or without you. This is what I'll hear. Hey guys, deal with your offenses now because we're moving forward. And if you want to stay behind and fight and, and be just and be right and hold a grudge, we're going to be over here marching forward. But you got to deal with that. Because where we're going, we need God to show up mighty. Like for real. Look, look guys, what I'm, <laughs> what we're believing for is that this whole apartment complex is here, get saved. That, that is impossible, right? I'm, come on. How, how is it going to happen? We're going to take some risk, man. You know, the, the first place we start, we deal with all the offense in our heart, the unbelief. Like, I, I'm telling you, like, miracles, signs, wonders. It completely requires God to show up. There's no program we can put in place. Like we're building transformation center. That's wonderful. But if he doesn't show up, then we just have this shell for nothing. And he is pleased when we exercise faith, when we ask him to do impossible, when we invite him, when we put, when we put God on display, he's pleased with that. And so, I can't, I don't know. I'm trusting you're hearing what I'm saying without me having to go into deep detail of, of, of my personal experiences this week of dealing with offense in my heart. But if you are offended or upset with someone and you feel you have a reason to do it, you, have a, you feel like you have a reason, you've got to let them go. You just have to. Well, they may never pay for it. Well, guess what? We are all going to go to heaven someday and not have paid for things we should have paid for. Every one of us. We're all going to be looking around going, oh my gosh, I got away with all of this because of Jesus. <laughs> Come on. It's unbelievable. Yet we stand, we talked about ruler, we stand as the ruler and judge over someone else. And I'm not saying it's okay for people to treat us wrong or to step on us. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm putting it in God's hands. It's poison in our bodies. Offense is poison. And it's not just poisonous to you. It poisons the atmosphere. 
You guys okay? Oh, this is different. The Lord's dealing with deep things in the heart because he wants to show up mighty. This is what I, and we're gonna close with this. This is where I had to end up this week. Lord, I feel so right with you right now. <laughs> like, man, it's like, man, I feel like I'm like pressing in. I feel close to you, Lord. I don't want to be mad at someone and run that. Even if I'm right. Would you stand with me? Like we're moving forward, going. And we can't limit God where we're going. You know what's going to turn our world upside down? The mighty works of God. You can't deny them. And what limits those things are offense and unbelief. If there's someone you need to forgive, do it today. Do it. Don't wait. I'll do it later. Remember, repentance is a gift offered to us. It is not something that we're required to have. Repentance comes from the pulling of the Father's heart. I can't just say, oh, I'm going to do it tomorrow. I may not do it tomorrow. If you feel like you need to do this now, you're feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit, do it today. Don't wait. Because the Bible says, if I can't forgive someone else, then I can't be forgiven. That's heavy. But it's the truth. So would you bow your heads and, and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to, to highlight any offense that's in my heart. If it's there, if it's not, wonderful, good, well done. You've guarded your heart well. Keep doing that. But if there is offense, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to us. Yeah. Now hand them to God. Yeah, release them to the Lord. Say it, I release them, I forgive them. I don't want them to suffer, come on. Oh. I'm going to ask you to do a brave thing.
requires faith. If you know 100%, the Holy Spirit revealed to you that you have unforgiveness towards someone, I want you to confess it to your neighbor. I want you to tell them. You don't have to tell them who the person is. But I want you just to lean over to them and say, I have had unforgiveness in my heart towards someone, and I need to confess it to you. There's power in this, okay? So let's go ahead and do that. Just release it. Yeah. Now, the harder part, we're going to pray for that person. You don't have to say their name again, but would you join with that person that you just confessed to? And I want you to pray a blessing over that person. You can say male or female, protect their identity, but just pray for God to bless them. Pray for him to show up big in their life. Yeah, God, we bring them to you. We ask that you would do good things for them. I ask that you would heal them. I ask that you would prosper them. I ask that you would bless them, God. I ask that you would come so close to them that you would be near to them, Father. I pray that all their wounds would be healed, God. I pray that any guilt or shame they've carried will be released from them and taken from them by the blood of Jesus. We break shame off of their life in Jesus' name. Father, bless them in every way that's in your heart, God. Doesn't that feel good? Oh, man. Now would you pray that God would increase your faith? Come on. <laughs> Father, increase my faith. Stir my faith up. Bring to my mind testimonies of, your, of how you delivered, how you answered prayer. I will feed myself on the testimony. Come on. I will exercise. I will activate my faith. Come on.
Father, I just speak over this house that we will move quickly into faith. That when you speak, we will be quick to obey. As we've laid our burdens at your feet today, we've become faster and lighter and quicker. So when your spirit leads us, it will be easier for us to just say yes. Monica prayed for us before service that that we would just say yes to you, that we would put a big yes on our heart. Father, that's what we're doing. We're removing the old. We're letting that go. And we're just saying yes to you. So Father, put us on like a glove. Mm. (laughs) You have homework? Activate your faith, take risk, ask the Lord, what do you want to do? And then just go for it. Just go for it. All right. Everybody okay? If you want prayer for anything else specific that we did not cover, we we believe that Jesus will meet you here. If If you're far from the Lord and your heart is distant from God, don't leave. Make that right today. Ask Jesus into your heart. If you are, let me say this, if you are struggling with any kind of addiction, he wants to set you free today. I felt that early on in the service that the Lord wanted to set people free from any addiction. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. Nothing's too big for God. 